This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Everybody, welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary. Pretty scary. Boo. 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 Ooh, Carrie, Cindy actually got in before you there. This is... I got in twice, actually. Yeah. I, I, we didn't want to talk over each other. Exactly. Oh, sure. <laughs> you pre-reprimanded us. <laughs> we're just doing as we're told. I did yell at everyone in advance to not talk over each other, so you're right. That was my fault. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Pretty Scary. I'm Adam Todd Brown, and we get everyone's here. The whole team's here. Entire team episode, Carrie and Cindy both all in the same room, but not really because COVID's still a thing. Mm-hmm. So me, Carrie, and Cindy are all in separate rooms, but we are all in Iowa, just like Carrie. Yeah, we actually are proximity-wise nowhere near each other, and gas <laughs> prices are so astronomical. It will never happen again. No, no, Mm-mm. probably not. Yeah. If I do any more touring, it's going to be on foot, I think. For <laughs> <laughs> a scump, he shows up at every performance <laughs> with a long beard. Just sprinting there every time. Sweaty as shit. I love it. This is exciting. This is our first group episode. I mean, not in the history of the podcast, but since Cindy has joined, first time everyone's doing it together. Don't fight. Don't fight. Don't make me separate everyone. Okay. But I want to. I wasn't planning on it. Oh, wow. So it sounds like we're fighting already. (laughs) Fighting about not fighting. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We are talking about some shit today. This is a documentary that has taken the internet by storm. It's about a website that took the internet by storm back in the day. The documentary is called The Most Hated Man on the Internet. And it's about the website is anyoneup.com and it's sleazeball sex criminal of an owner, Hunter Moore. Boo. Did anyone ever go on this site when it was a thing? I was not even aware of this. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't. It wasn't. I, I was he, aware of like revenge porn being a thing at this time, but I don't know yeah. that I specifically knew about Hunter Moore because I was not into revenge porn. So I never found my way to is anyone up.com. This has a very 1990s feel to it. Um, a little bit of uh, who's that guy who's friends with Paris Hilton and the Kardashians, Joe. <laughs> Damn it. He has a plastic <laughs> face. Oh, <laughs> Joe Kenda, homicide hunter. <laughs> the other Joe oh. with a plastic face. Damn it. Why is it evading? Joe Francis. Oh, sure, sure, Doesn't sure. The girls feel. Was he the girls gone wild guy? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's lots. 
I mean, how shitty of a person do you have to be when you get compared to Joe Francis? And my initial reaction is, all right, Joe Francis wasn't this bad. But also, I haven't seen that documentary right here. It's very rapey. So Joe Francis might actually be worse. But if we're just comparing Girls Gone Wild to IsAnyoneUp.com, Girls Gone Wild is fucking nothing. Agreed. Compared to, like, this is this is people doing it uh, against their will. Doing it against was, their will? I don't know that that's, that's the way to put it. It's revenge porn. Well, people know what it is. Without their at consent. One, yes. At one point, I think they do call it internet rape. Yeah. Which is a perfectly fine way to put it. I would agree with that characterization. Because isanyoneup.com was a website where ostensibly people could send in nude photos of their partner or ex-partner, male or female, and shame that person on the internet. You're right, it does have a very 90s feel because this all happens in like 2010, 2011, and it seems like we were beyond this kind of shit by that It seems like it, right? Because at one point they said, oh, this was the wild west of the internet. I'm like, no, this is when regulations were just starting to come into play. Wild west, I was on the wild west of the internet. I don't even want to talk about the shit that I saw, but this was not it. This was past that, which made all this that much more egregious. I have a question for Cindy. Yes. If you will allow... I actually do want to hear all your stories <laughs> oh. <laughs> or at least one. Okay. I'll tell you the most horrifying one. Okay. So back in the day, Cosmo girl, remember the magazine had mm-hmm. a message board and I don't know how I got this deep into the rabbit hole of that message board, but someone was talking about their dog, like licking their ass on accident, Oh no! them liking it and then getting the dog to bestiality bestiality just posted about on the boards to my what 11 year old eyes and i was like I, i'm done with the internet for today oh i'll be back tomorrow and i will never come back <laughs> <laughs> i was already addicted <laughs> bookmark be back tomorrow <laughs> not to I'm that so- site <laughs> i closed that immediately and i was like i'm done i'm done i'm so done but it's only because my mom called me down for supper Seriously, tomorrow I'll be back. Very that. Yeah, this feels like it should have been more of an early 2000s thing, like when Maxim and Mm -hmm. American Pie ruled the media landscape, not 2010, 2011. One thing, though, that we do have to consider, though, is this is when high speed Internet was starting to become more widely available. So people had the bandwidth to be able to download these pictures more quickly, whereas in the actual Wild West of the Internet, it would have taken hours to load a single butt cheek tit, whatever. Yeah. So things were just flying fast. DSL was on the rise. So this documentary, it centers around the website is anyone and specifically Charlotte and Kayla Laws there. I would argue the main subjects of this documentary. There's a lot of people in it, mm-hmm. but also Hunter Moore who is the owner of isanyoneup.com. He apparently at first agreed to be in this documentary and then backed out at the last minute. In a case like this, I don't think I want him in it. Like, I don't know. I'm so glad he he didn't do it. I don't need to hear his side. He's a psycho. I do wonder what the fuck he's doing right now, though. Like, he's not allowed to use social media. That ended in last year, in 2021. He is allowed to, and apparently he's on Twitter. I didn't look at his Twitter. I just didn't need any of whatever he's saying now in my psyche. I couldn't get a firm, like, 
confirmation of what his Instagram was. So I didn't even really press to find that out. But he is on Twitter, apparently, and living with his parents most more than likely. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think I maybe this is I don't know if this really is his. I appreciate that his first tweet is fuck Donald Trump. (laughs) Fuck this guy. We can agree on one thing. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the, the, the thing that made this site different is it didn't just post pictures it also posted social media profiles and people's names like it really really ruined lives and kayla laws is the first subject they talked to topless photos of her were posted on the site at one point and she says at the very start that she did not send them to anyone did anyone hear that and go okay i bet you sent them to someone kind of but I also remember when all those celebrities photos were leaked and I'm like, it's possible. Yeah, I was I was skeptical for a second, but they make it pretty clear pretty early on that not only was she hacked, but probably a lot of people Mm -hmm. were hacked. I think the fact that the mom was a prevalent uh, person like throughout the documentary, I had a feeling that there was some sort of her daughter didn't do it. And her mother had her own fame. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The, the mom used to be a celebrity party crasher. Right. Yeah. Like went on TV, was interviewed about this amazing skill of her to just be able to be in any place at any time. And this was going on when she lived in Las Vegas in like the late 70s, early 80s, it seemed like. Yeah. 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 She was on Sally Jesse Raphael or something like she had the big <laughs> hair and talking about like you can get into any party you want. I believe that was a headline. And it was like, yeah, you don't fuck with this bitch. And essentially she said, yeah, this was my daughter. Like, and I think Mm -hmm. it's also interesting that she was married to an attorney, but still was like, no, I've got this. Yeah. I'm going to conquer this on my own. I bring him in later. Well, I was going to ask about him because the attorney she's married to Charles, British Charles, who is Kayla's stepfather. Yeah. Charles. Mm -hmm. At first he's like, fucking deal with this yourself like why don't just ignore this picture this is nothing Mm -hmm. which like he ends up being kind of a hero in the end but it also sort of sucks that with how quick he got this picture taken down he could have just done that the first time yeah instead of making his wife and daughter go through all this extra legwork but he didn't his i believe stepdaughter didn't want him to know about it. And he in true, he did essentially say it'll go away because I don't really understand the Internet or how how it works. But then his lawyer was like, no, talking lawyer to lawyer. We're going to get this down. By the way, I'm firing my client. Yeah. And he was done with him. Yes. I can't believe that didn't happen sooner. Like that seems like such an easy Right. Like go to my dad. He's a lawyer. He'll know what to do. Or with any of these people that it happened to. Like, that's the thing. A lot of the victims in this case wouldn't have had the money to go to a lawyer. So Mm -hmm. Kayla was fortunate in that she had a lawyer in the family. But it's still just with how easy because all he does to get it taken down, if people haven't watched it and want it spoiled for you, he calls Hunter Moore's lawyer and says, well, she took that picture of herself and it was stolen from her phone. And if you take a picture of yourself, that's copyrighted. Like you own Mm -hmm. the copyright. So it's going to be very expensive for your client to get out of this lawsuit, or he can just take the picture down and we won't go through the lawsuit. And that's it. 
and they they take the picture down. Carrie, you have a question? I do. <laughs> uh, and this just is aimed for the group. Did either of you? Sorry, I was, I, I was fervently looking on my phone um, just a second ago. Do, do did either of you ever read these books by Tucker Max? Mm-hmm. No. No, but I had a boss at one of my writing jobs once say that we needed a Tucker Max type on staff. And that's when I knew I didn't like that motherfucker. That essentially is uh, Hunter Moore. Yeah. He some, um, yeah, he was somebody in college who essentially wrote books about most of it was taking virgins virginity. Yeah, he was gross. Yeah, he was pretty gross, but that's exactly who this reminds me of yeah he has a book that sold really well called i hope they serve beer and beer and hell mm-hmm. yeah yeah tucker max but see that's the thing tucker max i think is from that era where i expected mm-hmm. shit like this like by the time this starts happening tucker max is like right near the end of his run but also this website if i'm not mistaken it only lasts a couple years right is anyone up yeah yeah, it was only two years from 2010 to 2012. Yeah. So, yeah, this documentary makes it seem like he had a little bit longer of a run than he did. But he was kind of the vanilla ice of revenge porn sites. Like he was really mm-hmm. huge for a minute. <laughs> and then everyone overnight hated him and it was all over. Suge Knight dangled him from his ankles over a <laughs> hotel balcony. Well, he had such a crazy following with this. Like one of the people mm-hmm. that they interview is someone from like he, he's in one of the the scene bands that he's into, because I guess uh, Hunter was born of the scene kid era. And that's kind of how is anyone up started just posting? I, I couldn't. Do they mean posting nudes of people in scene bands or just posting pictures of people in scene bands? I think both. Both. OK. And the, along with their uh, at Facebook, MySpace profile, maybe it was Facebook. But I also feel like it could have been MySpace profiles. Oh, there were lots of MySpace profiles mm-hmm. in this. That was the the switch yeah. over. Everyone was getting rid of their MySpaces and going over to Facebook. Yeah. And scene bands for people at home, meaning like emo. Kind emo, of. hardcore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just screamo. Swimming within cells. Just <laughs> filthy <laughs> within cells. That if if you're listening to this but have absolutely no access to Netflix or the internet and you're never going to see a photo of Hunter Moore in your entire life, have you ever seen Pete Wentz? Because that's the vibe. Like it's Yes. They don't have the same face, but it's that it's that face. You know what I mean? But here's mm-hmm. the, I like Pete Wentz, so that's that's a shitty comparison. Yeah, I don't I like, mind Pete Wentz. Yeah, I like Fallout Boy a lot. I, I actually, think they were a very good band. You should look a little bit into our Pete's, Pete Wentz's family. Just saying. Uh oh. What uh-huh. happened? What's in Pete? I think you should look into. Oh, sorry. Uh, you should look into Pete Wentz and probably do an Unpops episode about him, Adam. Why? What's going on with Pete Wentz? He, his family is like they're politicians. Uh, He's a rich kid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. There's a whole thing. We could we could do a whole episode on this. Fucking Adam. on to you, Pete Wentz. <laughs> Carrie, what were you gonna say? This is why I do talk over people because I forget really easily. <laughs> but if we were to describe, I actually think Ashley Simpson looked more emo than Pete Wentz. Ooh, controversy. Wow. I, yeah. That is an unpopular I opinion. Think he, yeah. I think Pete Wentz has a very pretty face. Yeah. I not mean, all emo people do. I'm not I'm not saying either <laughs> I'm not saying either of them are ugly. Like Hunter Moore is not an ugly guy. He's like, agreed. He is rotten inside like he pro- he is such a bad person you can probably smell it 
on. You can see the smugness on his face. Like he has pleasing features to look at if you Mm -hmm. don't know anything about him. But then as soon as you learn anything about him, you're like, ew, disgusting. Yeah, he's punchable. He's super duper punchable. punchable. Like you just you want to punch that face right away when he starts talking, especially. What did we think about his girlfriend, Kira? Kira, Hmm. Kira Hughes, Hunter Moore's girlfriend. They met at a party, almost immediately become a couple. And she says she, this is a quote, never fully grasped what was going on. And it's like, it wasn't string theory, Kira. He was running a revenge porn website and you you weren't mad about it. And that sucks. I don't want to say anorexic, but she was thin. Mm -hmm. That she was. First impression. Uh, (laughs) Second impression was at some point, the site is shared with her. I believe he shares it with her and she goes, oh, this is really bizarre, but it seems like she stays with him. Right. I have a little more, I guess, empathy for someone like her where when she was with him, her brain wasn't fully done cooking. And, you know, this person with a lot of like internet fame, a lot of clout online, uh, he throws these incredible parties and you're like the one that he chose that like, I don't know what her background is, like what she went through in her life, but I've seen this person, like this kind of person with a partner like that. And they just kind of are like blinded by love. Yeah. Cause like he snatched, he's, he's a good, I think eight years older than her. Sure. They got together when she was already 18, but he had already a leg up in terms of like years of manipulating people. I'm sure by this point. Yes. And also I was really surprised by the amount of female fans he had. It's not like she was the only woman there watching all of this happen. Like he had a sizable female audience also, which blew my mind again, 2011, 2012. Like it seems so late for that kind of shit, especially to have the female following he had. The same as Joe Francis with, you know, girls who wanted to go Mm -hmm. get on girls gone wild and, you know, even with Tucker Max, girls wanting to lose her virginity to him. Young yeah. people are dumb. Yep. What did we think about Brian's story? Brian is a guy who was in a scene band and he's interviewed extensively throughout this. It seems like he was maybe friends with Hunter Moore and it seemed like he was kind of not like involved in the website, but it seems a fan. Yeah, he, he was a fan and he ends up on the site. And the way it happens is very interesting to me. And I want more details because what happens is he's at the bar with a a lady friend and he goes to the bathroom and comes back and she has taken his phone and uploaded his pictures to isanyoneup.com, which he said that he was drinking at a bar with a bunch of friends and they were all laughing about the site. He goes to the bathroom, came back. She said, just so you know, I uploaded some of your photos. And then the next day he was like, I had all these messages and I knew it was because of this picture where I was flirting with a girl. I sent her a dick pic. My immediate thought was I would have been furious as soon as she told me she hacked into my phone or got into my phone, probably just got into my phone. I don't know if passwords were around then. I don't really remember. But if anyone's like going to send my pictures to a, you know, such a public site. Oh, I would have been furious. But do you think that's why she did it? Do you think she saw Mm. this group of dudes laughing about this revenge porn site and was like, oh, you think that's funny, huh? 
I still feel like it was such a new concept. Like people didn't really get the gravity of how it affected your life. Mm, people large scale didn't, but I bet but there were also, people here I mean, and there. You have him who talks about it. And then you have girls who talk about it. <laughs> didn't seem as affected as the girls. He was kind of like, yeah, my dick was on the internet. Girls were like, I tried to kill myself. Yeah. I kind of you know get, what I mean. I kind of mm-hmm. get the sense. He probably had a pretty big dick. <laughs> was like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Post that. Cause that dick pic was absurd. Like it was the emoist dick pic. He had like the glasses on and he was like bent over, sticking his tongue out. It's like, will you just show your dick like an adult? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, he seemed to be not that broken up about it, though. But yeah. they made him seem like he was more affected by it when they included him in the shot of all the other women affected by Hunter Moore's website at the very end. They show like all the the, the poor woman that had a non-fatal attempt. They show uh, Kayla and her mom, they, the, the ex-girlfriend. And then they show him. You're like, oh, yeah, him, the ex-fan who ended up on the site. Like, sure, I guess we feel bad for him, too. But I'm kind of of the mind of you, Adam, of just like he was on the he like at one point in the uh, documentary, he goes, yeah, you just get up every morning. You check. Is anyone up? And then that's just part of your day. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Imagine that. Ugh. Imagine. He also he also seemed the least affected. Yeah. Everyone yes. else was like, yes. oh, I got a message that my picture was on there. And I immediately started crying hysterically. And he was just like, yeah, I came back from a shitter. And my girlfriend said that she uploaded my pictures. And I was like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's a guy and a girl response, but he didn't seem yeah, overly concerned about it the way everyone else was. So he was, I think, not as some as sympathetic as some of the other characters. Yeah. I that. wonder what the comments were like. I can't imagine even if his hog was huge that yes. that it was anything positive. They were like, look mm-hmm. at this fucking piece of shit with this giant dick. I don't know. I bet it had eyeliner right. on. He has a big dick, but <laughs> <laughs> he ugly. Well, he, well, oh. he ugly. <laughs> So eventually Charlotte Laws discovers that her daughter's pictures were stolen after her email was hacked. And Charlotte and her mom ask him to take the photos down and he does not, despite the fact that he's got a disclaimer on his website that says, if you want me to take your photos down, just let me know. And here's the thing. Whoops. You should have just taken those pictures down. That that would have saved him. The site might still fucking be up if he took those pictures down. I love it. You know, what's so funny is I'm constantly scared, even now when I'm almost 50 years old, if anybody even says that, you know, there's a threat of you're in trouble or I'll sue you or whatever, I immediately am complicit with whatever they ask. (laughs) And to be, you know, probably 22 or however, you know, young he was, it was basically like, yeah, lawyers are, you know, coming at me and I don't give a fuck. That's insane. To me, that's insane. It is. He's a narcissist. I mean, he's not he's not right. Yeah. They keep interviewing some British guy throughout this who I I get the sense he was kind of a Hunter Moore fan, too. And it makes me hate him. And he just keeps bringing up. I just I feel like I just accidentally said in it, which is fine because I'm talking (laughs) about a British guy and it's what he would have said. But he keeps talking about Hunter Moore and he keeps saying Hunter Moore just didn't give a fuck. And I'm going to let you in. On some life secrets right now, audience, anyone who says they just don't give a fuck a whole bunch gives all the fucks. They care so much, and that's why they act the way they do. They have a fucking hole inside them that they are trying to fill by not giving a fuck. That's all. Well said. (laughs) 
Oh, hey, hello, hi, this is Adam, co-host of the podcast you're listening to right now. Just dropping in to let you know that I'll be doing a live episode of the universally adored Unpopular Opinion podcast this month in New York City, August 28th at Caveat NYC, 4 p.m. start time. You'll be home in plenty of time to rest up for work the next day. I'll be joined on the pod by Alex Schmidt, four-time Jeopardy champ and host of the Secretly Incredibly Fascinating podcast, Sliceberg Slim, my co-host on an Unpops podcast called Pod 6, and a music producer who makes the theme songs for a bunch of pods on the network, and comedian Khalees Hawkins, a fantastic comic who writes for every television show you watch. Tickets are just $15 in advance or $20 at the door, so get them early. And hey, if you can't make it to New York, you can still watch the show. Live stream tickets are available for just $10. In-person and live stream tickets both are available at unpops.co slash NYC or at the Caveat NYC website, which, fittingly enough, is caveat.nyc. Or just go look at our pinned tweet, at Unpops. And hey, we'll see you there. Thanks. We love you. Let's get back to the show. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey... Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So, how about Butthole Girl? I would love if she would stop calling herself Butthole Girl, just for her own (laughs) sake. Just say the character, the persona, just, just stop saying Butthole Girl girl the fact that her aspirations were to be a hot girl on is anyone up and i'll be honest for all of its flaws i don't hate that name <laughs> it's okay. sketchy is anyone up? yeah it's a great website name there's no debating that but she does just talk about it so matter of factly my name's destiny and i am the butthole girl and it was like i must have drank rumplemints the first time because i didn't remember her what? Which is, I know, I know, I know. That's why I should never drink Rumplemans. It is my PSA for anyone out there listening. But also her story was very sad. Very. Like, so you know sad. what I mean? And yeah, like in another way where she was like, I know the consequences. If I did this, I thought I would gather fans. And I think she knew better, but still was hoping. And even said, I know that they will take my Facebook profile pic and put it up there. And I forgot to change it from my kids. So I felt like I had to stick more and more things up my butthole. So we would take down yeah. pictures of my kids it's very and then they were taken away. I mean, it is it sucks. I, I, very yeah, sad. She, I'm not laughing at the story. I mean, it's yeah. just such like a roller coaster of, oh my God. Yeah. You do kind of empathize with her. Yeah. yeah. My heart broke a lot for her. Yeah. yeah. Cause at first, like she's just doing what so many other girls are doing, which is submitting photos to the site. Cause it wasn't all revenge porn. He had that mm-hmm. following where people would start like submitting content to him. And sometimes it was just girls, you know, submitting pictures of themselves. And she did that and they posted them and she forgot that they post your Facebook profile. 
and she had pictures of her kids on her Facebook cover photo. And so to get him to take the picture of her kids down, she basically agrees to put more stuff in her butt Mm -hmm. and to send photos of it because we're leaving out. There was one incident where she was on like a live stream or something and she put a moose bottle in her butt. If I remember correctly, she was on a group chat with her friends, which I dare say are not friends. (laughs) If they dare you to stick a moose bottle up your butt and then they snap a shot of it and then they upload it. And that's how it, I believe it first started. Yeah. And then it became, okay, what can I do to get the picture of my kids off? Okay, you tell me, viewers, what I should stick up my butt. And either Hunter Moore decided or the fans decided it should be a cell phone where Hunter Moore would call her as it rang. And then all these different people start commenting. And I think uh, Jeffree Star and other you know, celebrities were calling it like the original booty call, etc. Yeah, she became like an Internet sensation, totally memefied by this community. But then she really gets fucked over because one night when she's drunk, Hunter's like, oh, let's Skype. So she gets on Skype and he dares her to stick her fist up her ass. She doesn't want to do it, but he's like, come on, come on, come on, like do it, do it, do it. And unbeknownst to her, he's recording this entire Skype without her consent. Of course, that's his style. And then posts it on the site. Right. And this eventually ends, like Carrie mentioned, in her losing her children for mm-hmm. a while. I don't know if she, they don't really clarify if she got yeah, her kids back no. at any point, but that's the especially sad part about it. Like she says herself, you know, I became butthole girl to get my kids off that site. And then because of that, I ended up losing my kids. And Very sad story. Was Very sad. Too, I think she was trying to monetize maybe some, some of the su- success from that website yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she was doing more and more, but she was also depressed. So she was drinking, which obviously lowers inhibitions. And she was like, I thought I would get money. And even though like I hated Hunter more, I also saw him as like a lifeline. And she was like, I got no money. And all he offered me was a T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Because the whole reason for the Skype call was he was supposed to talk about plans to get her her own porn site, basically, where she could monetize her content and then it turned into the fist uh, recording and a t-shirt. <sighs> yeah. Very gross. So Charlotte, she starts reaching out to people who have been posted on this website and she finds out that a whole lot of the victims were hacked and that becomes kind of almost the most important part of this documentary is the hacking because as gross as this website is it's not illegal and there's not insane yeah it's totally insane and so there's not a lot they can do to stop hunter moore from posting these pictures but if they can prove he's hacking people to get the pictures that's a crime and then they can prosecute so that becomes very important and they they introduce a few different victims throughout this the next girl they talk to is a girl named kara who was in Buffalo, New York, she ended up on the site and her pictures, all of her personal info is posted. She reaches out to Hunter Moore to try and get him to take these pictures down. He doesn't do it. 
and she eventually tries to kill herself. Another obviously very sad story. Hunter Moore at one point tweeted something about how popular his website would be if someone killed themselves over it. And I'm surprised it never like for real happened. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like like this is unless there are cases out there that we don't know about, it seems like Kara is as close as it got, which is very, very fortunate. But yeah, her story sucks. All the mm-hmm. stories suck. But there's like anecdotes. Oh, sorry, Carrie, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think uh, it kind of goes along. And I I know we're going to get to it later, but essentially Charlotte Laws, which, by the way, her name is so apropos for for what she ends up doing is she was like, okay, this started with my daughter and then it becomes so much more. And I started hearing women's stories and like I wasn't going to stop advocating for them. Yeah. Yeah. Because by the end of episode one, that's when British Charles finally swings into action because in the midst of Kayla and her mom getting all these crazy internet threats, someone decides to go vintage with it and sends Charlotte a fax that's like, I'm going to kill you, bitch. And Charles gets this and is like, oh, well, that's a declaration of war then, isn't it? And that's when he calls Hunter Moore's lawyer and is like, fucking, I will ruin you. Take this picture down. And it's down within minutes. Mm -hmm. So good for him. Obviously, that's what this situation needed. And that's where it could have ended. But then Charlotte is like, yeah, but all those other girls, though. And good for her. I mean, that was a brave move on her part. Charlotte is dope. I love Charlotte. Yeah, she's great. And so that brings us to episode two. This is where we find out Charlotte was a celebrity party crasher, which that's the thing I somehow missed the first time I watched this. I don't know if I like got up quick to go to the bathroom in between episodes, but the second time I watched this, I was like, what is happening? You know, sometimes you miss different things. (laughs) Sometimes it's butthole girl. Sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) Which is a whole 10 minute series and other times. It's yes, it is. Uh, Charlotte Law is on Sally Jesse Raphael. I want a documentary about that. I want a Charlotte Law's celebrity party crasher documentary because she's yeah, she is at one point they're interviewing her and she's like, you can get into any party you want. And it's like, I don't think you can. You know who she kind of remi- reminds me of is Chris Jenner, like that kind of oh. tenacity where she can turn mm. anything into a lot mm-hmm. of money. A little bit. I, I hope she does do more with her newfound success. I hope so. Yeah. I, not to brag, but I did sneak into a Fleetwood Mac concert once. Ooh. Yeah. So Charlotte talks to 40 victims who were posted in a two week span around the same time as Kayla and finds that somewhere around 40% of them were hacked. And that's a lot. That's a whole lot. And I'm surprised she said she reached out to a reporter at this point, like a prominent reporter. And the woman was like, you don't have a story. This isn't a story, which is surprising to me because it sounds like if someone just came to me on the street and was like, hey, do you want to do a podcast about this? And said that I'd be like, yeah, of course, that sounds fascinating. People are getting hacked, but she gets nowhere. So she starts a blog. Who among us has not been there? Either of you ever have a blog? Mm -hmm. I had live journal. Mm. Yeah, same thing. Mm -hmm. That's how I got into writing. I didn't start writing for money until I was in my 30s. And it was because everyone was starting blogs 
And I was like, well, I'm, I'll start a blog and see if that's a thing I'm good at. And here's the thing. I was. And I turned that into a writing career. But Charlotte, she was turning this into a, a quest for justice under the name Cassie Freedom. What do we think of that name? Savage. <laughs> what did you say, Cindy? <laughs> I was going to say corny. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I'm no, it's cute. It's cute. It's corny in a cute way. Oh, no, I was siding with you totally. I think it's a very corny name. <laughs> I said savage and I stand by it. Hell like, yeah, Carrie. Thanks. Her, her real name is so much cooler. Let's call it Charlotte Laws. But so what can I do yeah. that's kind of similar, <laughs> but different? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so Both stupid. I didn't even realize that makes it even more corny. I love it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and she puts this blog up. Because no outlets want to tell her story about Hunter Moore. And it's up for a couple minutes. And then it immediately gets hacked and taken down. Which I think she's right in that someone probably had a Google alert set up for Hunter Moore's name. Probably Hunter Moore. And just immediately took the site down. I mean, people called him father. You know, and people were willing to do anything for him. So it's so crazy what you'll do for somebody who won't do shit for you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for free. Yeah. I wonder if he even had to ask or if someone just did this willingly. Definitely. Those people were in way too deep. They were down bad for this guy. He was like, I don't know if you guys have like followed a lot of like the more recent Chris stuff, but like I never listened to his podcast, but like he wanted his listeners to call him daddy and he would call them babies. I don't know if he still does this, but that's like his thing. Yeah. It's like weird, like cult leader vibes. Yeah. I don't like that one bit. Mm-mm. I don't like that at all. Yeah. I mean, well, luckily Chris D'Elia has suffered no consequences with sexuality uh, or anything like that or with young mm-hmm. girls. So it, none of this matters. <laughs> he still gets up at the improv. Mm. <laughs> sure does. He sure does. Oh, comedy. Love it. So eventually the story gets picked up by a writer at the Village Voice named Camille Dodero, who she's great. I was very briefly sad that she had to explain what the Village Voice was because it stopped publishing in 2017. Aww. Which is a bummer. It was a like it was a good independent news outlet in New York. And she writes an article, like a profile about Hunter Moore. She went to his birthday party at Webster Hall in 2012. And uh, sounds like it was pretty raucous. And shortly after this profile goes up, Charlotte reaches out to Camille. And Camille believes the hacking claim and finds it very interesting. She spent time with Hunter Moore, so she knows he's a dirtbag. So she agrees to look into the story more. And then meanwhile, this fucking dunderhead, Hunter Moore, decides to go on Anderson Cooper thinking it's going to make him look good. And first of all, can we talk about the lighting on the set of that Anderson Cooper (laughs) interview? Were were we supposed to believe that was sunshine shining in the windows? (laughs) Because it certainly was not. That was not New York in the background, sir. Stop it. But also, what a dick. Like, he goes on this show, and you can tell he thinks he's just going to charm the American Mm -hmm. public. And everyone is like, what a piece of shit. Have the tables turn. Yeah. But also the site gets way bigger after that. Well, I mean, there's that. But he he also (laughs) received a lot of backlash. I'm sure some of those people started following him just because they were interested, not necessarily because they supported him. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some hate follows and some some Mm -hmm. curiosity views. 
But also this Anderson Cooper appearance, it just means now even more people are familiar with Hunter Moore. And one of those people being the FBI. I didn't write the FBI guy's name in the notes, but also he's in the FBI. Who cares? But this is when the FBI starts looking in to Hunter Moore. They reach out to Charlotte Laws and send agents to her house to talk about these hacking claims. She shows them all the evidence she compiled, and it turns into a criminal investigation from there because of the hacking. We meet another victim in episode two, Danielle. Her story also sucks. She asked Hunter to take her pictures down, and he just replied, LOL. Mm -hmm. What a piece of shit. I'll be honest, though. I think I would be more scared of Anonymous than the FBI. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's just that Anonymous shows up later. But yeah, like at least the FBI is going to pretend to somewhat follow laws unless you're like a black political leader with too many followers then they'll just shoot you in your bed. But Mm -hmm. yeah, Anonymous, like I can't think of another group I would want to have mad at me less than I'd rather have the fucking (laughs) CIA on my shit. At this time of. Yeah. The Internet. I mean, at any any point in history, but especially when anon- when anonymous was this version, yes, of anonymous, yes. and we'll we'll talk about what an anonymous is more like today when we get to that point of it. I, I wrote this down in my notes. The FBI, like the head of the this case from the FBI, Jeff, he was working in the cyber department. The shit that this guy must have seen in his investigations, how it like you see that picture of him when he joined the FBI. He's like all bright eyed and bushy tailed. His skin is like perfect and clear, no wrinkles. And then they show him like now and he's just like completely gray hair, aged like 30 years and 15. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was like the the shit this man has seen. The shit this man has seen. It looks like he's been president for 25 years. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The FBI will age you. Yeah, but they they do find they start researching and they see that the emails that this was before two factor authentication, I have to imagine. Yes. So they see that in order to hack into Kayla's Gmail, they redirected the recovery of the email account to go to Gary Jones 815 at Gmail. And then in their investigations of the other people of the evidence that Charlotte handed over they see this email start to pop up again and they're like, okay, this is what we need to figure out. This Gary Jones 815. Right. That's one of the first clues that sends them in the direction of a guy who it it ends up as just a guy in Studio City named Charlie Evans. I don't know what I expected the hacker was going to look like. Maybe I thought it was going to be Hunter Moore himself, but this dude looks like fucking Noel Gallagher. (laughs) And also he, he submitted his own photos to the site. Weird. Very he strange. looks like anybody who would have like a Universal Studios annual pass. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that is a burn. He probably did. He could afford it. Oh, 100% he did. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can we talk about my favorite guy, my favorite character, favorite subject in this entire documentary? James McGibney, former 
Marine, but he was like a IT Marine. <laughs> yes, it. IT vigilante sleuth anti-bully marine yeah he reminds me of charlie from it's always sunny in philadelphia but (laughs) if charlie always seemed like he might stab you with a buoy knife (laughs) if you say the wrong shit james is intense he seems nice but he also you can tell he's a very intense guy yeah well he watched his fucking mom get beat up and got like abused himself by his dad growing up so he has like a vendetta against every like piece of shit male authority figure in life yeah and he after leaving the marines he's got all this computer experience so he sets up a bunch of websites and he's making money on these websites and at one point hunter moore reaches out and asks if he wants to advertise on is anyone up and james mcgibney had never heard of hunter moore or this website so he goes to check it out and he is absolutely horrified by what he sees and he decides he is going to take this website down so now charlotte laws the fbi and an ex-marine are all trying to undo hunter moore and this is the point where they explain how the hacking worked either of you think you would have fallen for this Yes. At the time, probably. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> then in current day. Yes. <laughs> I'm gullible. <laughs> because the way it was happening was through Facebook, people were like, hey, like I lost, um, I don't have my phone, right? Or I don't have, I'm locked out of my email and I don't have access to my phone right now. Can you tell me what code you get when I reset this thing? Right. And, and it's coming from whatever friend they thought it was, but really it was the hacker. Yeah. And- what it really was that that code was actually for that person's email. So they were mm-hmm. they were getting tricked. Did any of you, any of you, like there's 15 people in the room, did either of you get one of those messages on Instagram recently from mm-hmm. anyone who got hacked? I got two of them. I did. I got two as well. I got a few. Yeah. Yeah. That you would you would see the the. Bitcoin mining post first where they were like, my guru helped me make $10,000 on Bitcoin. And I'm like, there's no way you actually posted this. And then you get that DM where they're like, Hey, I entered this contest. You're going to get a, don't click the link. When you get the text, don't click the link. And you know what they want is for you to click that link. But yeah, that it's been going around. It's like a modern day uh, chain letter. A little bit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the ex Marine, James McGibney, he decides to advertise with Hunter solely so he can poke around on his network and on his site and get to know what's happening there. And he basically finds that there is child porn on this website because Hunter Moore has a verification process in place, but it's not very sophisticated or elaborate. And I would argue that in a situation like his, you would kind of want it to be. Mm hmm. Because, like, even if there aren't 15-year-olds out there uploading their photos, like, any person who hates you and gets their hands on a picture of a 15-year-old could upload it mm-hmm. and then just call the FBI and have you thrown in prison forever. And James is able to confirm that there are, like, 15-year-olds on this site. And he's like, here's what I'm going to do for you. Sell me your site for $12,000. <laughs> Which is less than what Hunter was making per month on this website, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a question. Okay. Okay. So I don't remember if it um, said how he was verifying their age. 
No, and it also didn't like. Is it normal for advertisers to get that much like deep access into a website? I don't know how. I've never like worked with advertisers for a website. I kind of wonder if James did some hacking of his own when he got inside Hunter's network. Because no, like I've sold advertising on the podcasts I, I do all the time. And no, they don't have any kind of access to it. But it was different back mm-hmm. then. Like now there's like real easy ways to track stuff like that. But that back then, I don't know, maybe. I think there was a recent uh, documentary on HBO Max about Joe Francis. Were we talking about this, Adam? I'm trying I, to remember. I know there is one. Right. It, it. I forget what network it is, but they are all on HBO Max. I think they're USA documentaries. But essentially, they started theirs where the girl would have to hold up her ID. So I'm just curious how these people verified IDs. You know, or a verified like age verification. Yeah, he just made it seem like he had a group of people like looking at every picture. I mean, even came in today, butthole girl looks like she's 12. Yeah, yeah. She looks very young for like Mm -hmm. she's probably pushing her 30s now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know how you would do it. Like, I mean, Facebook has to do the same thing. There's all those stories like they hire contractors to do that because you can't look someone in the eye again after they've been looking at all these fucking horrible, <laughs> horrifying things for six or seven weeks on end. You got to get them out of the building. They're going to bum everybody out. So yeah, I don't know what he was doing, but, and I also don't know what James, the ex Marine was doing, but he was like, I just verified a bunch of them and they're all 15 bub. Yeah. He could have been lying to him just to scare him and make him sell him the website in a panic. Yeah. Have you seen how intense he is? Like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. He is like their girlfriend or the ex-girlfriend who knows where he went on vacation 18 years ago, you know, with what family members like he deep dives. True. True. For fun. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he had a team, a team of what his fans that were probably not doing the the most in-depth job mm-hmm. verifying this. Of course, someone whose hobby this is is going to immediately figure out the way to be like, no, this is not this because and then he starts talking about like IP address. They don't go into detail. So it's a little confusing to just the average person watching this, how he could verify this so easily. Yeah. But his fans were young and obviously they wanted to protect him anyway. Mm-hmm, so even true. if they did find something illicit, they were never going to expose him. Yeah. So that's a good point. It seems like that's going to be the end of it. But then people start calling Hunter a sellout for getting rid of this website, because not only does he sell the website, but now when you went there, it redirected to an anti-bullying site called Bullyville. And apparently there was a letter, like an apology letter from Hunter Moore to the people who were posted on his site that was posted on Bullyville. I thought it was James made him do. I thought it was weird that they didn't show any of that letter or like post any of it in the documentary because I'm assuming it actually happened. It sounded like that was going to be a real thing. Mm -hmm. But Hunter starts getting all this shit for having shut down the website. And so he announces that he's launching a new website, which brings us to the final episode. I like the uh, journalist from Rolling Stone who accompanied Hunter on an East Coast trip. Her stories about the things that were happening on that trip are fucking wild. Because even at this point in history, there are still women lining up outside the green room to have sex with Hunter 
more. And that's her. That's this journalist saying that. It's not Hunter Moore saying that. And I have no reason not to believe her, which that's the, nuts. You have to think at this point, he is like J-Lo the first time Ben Affleck was on the verge of breaking up with her in 2006. He is holding on to whatever fame he can with bloody talent. <laughs> I mean, agreed. J-Lo has a much better trajectory sure. than Hunter Moore. But it does feel a little bit like he's going to take, you know, whatever he can, because like that's what he's addicted to. Yeah, they eventually the FBI finds evidence that Hunter and the hacker were in communication with each other and collaborated on the hacking. And that is when the criminal trial really kicks into high gear. Meanwhile, Hunter says he's bringing is anyone up back. But now the pictures will include home addresses and driving directions to the victim's house. He tweets the new website is literally going to cause murders, LOL. Mm -hmm. And this is all a reaction because right after he took, he sold the website to James, he wrote the open letter on Bullyville apologizing, which I found on the Village Voice article online, oddly enough. But he goes on Dr. Drew to be like, yeah, I'm changed. I'm reformed. I'm, a, I'm more mature than I was when I started this website. And then Charlotte Laws, our girl, our girl who sneaks into everything, comes on and she's like, this bitch is not sorry. Yeah. Like, And then he's like all activated by that. So he can't get his words straight. He's stumbling over all of them. He looks like a fucking fool. But then then he doubles down because his fans are like, yeah, Hunter lives like. Yeah, I will say of all of the people um, on social media, etc., who advocate for good. I have never heard anything bad about Dr. Drew. Is that not right? Mm, like there's I have. no have you because well, he kind of like he gets especially like with the celebrities, he kind of gets them to their most vulnerable point. And then exploits that for entertainment. Mm. Oh, I mean, like sex. You know what I mean? Like he had an affair or hookers or he does. Oh, yeah. I don't think for something a little more nefarious. I don't think with Dr. Drew. Yeah, I don't think so. No, Dr. Drew is everywhere. I've said this before. You say Dr. Drew in a mirror, mirror three times and he will (laughs) appear behind you, especially if there's a TV camera. Then you only have to say it once. Yeah. The only thing. I can recall, and I just Googled it. I knew there was some COVID weirdness around Dr. Drew, but it was just that he said COVID vaccine passports strip people of their freedom, mm. which I honestly, in 2K22, I've, I've definitely heard worse from celebrity He's been around doctors. for so long. Yeah, I was going to say, you hear about Dr. Oz, Dr. Who's the Dr. Phil, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Hansen. You know, all these Dr. Chris Hansen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And it's like they all have something shady that comes out. And then there's Dr. Drew. And, you know, he says COVID's weird. I don't know. (laughs) Just anyway, I guess I'm pro Dr. Drew is what I'm hoping we can get out of this podcast. The stakes are lower with Dr. Drew. They're not Dr. Bill Cosby levels. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. So, yeah, Charlotte responds to the news of is anyone up to and it's driving directions to people's homes by tweeting Hunter Moore's home address, which I don't care if that was risky or irresponsible. That's fucking funny as it was hilarious. And I read some complaints where people were like, yeah, that's savage, but he lived with his parents. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. 
almost every time they do. Yeah. What? His parents were a little inconvenienced by their son's activities. I, I imagine. I bet it got much worse after I this. I mean, they raised that piece of shit. They got to deal with their spawn and his, uh, his yeah. fuckery. Does, <laughs> doesn't it always make you wonder, though, if he was making, what was it, twelve or 13000 a month? Like, what did he spend it on? Blow. Yeah. Cocaine. Bedazzlings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That. Tattoos. Bedazzle, yeah. Bedazzle jeans. Definitely mm-hmm. tattoos. Partying. Just traveling, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Just living recklessly. Well, he was staying with his parents. It's not like he lived with his parents during all of this. He was living in San Francisco. His parents lived in Sacramento. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like $13,000 a month. Like back then. I mean, that's good money. Even really, now, even, I think. I mean, that's a lot. Even now. But also, even back then, if you're spending recklessly enough, like that's it's not enough. Usually if somebody is spending that recklessly, they're like, oh, you know, it's Tesla's. And, you know, they talk about a little bit more like, oh, he's jet setting. But he was just, it seems like for all intents and purposes, he was just an Internet kid who possibly was on Adderall and just never got off the Internet day in and day out. Well, they didn't have cryptocurrency back then, so he didn't have a place to put his his thousands. (laughs) So. She starts getting threatening calls at her home number. And just when it seems like Hunter is about to make a comeback, Anonymous gets involved. And, ooh, good times. Because this was this was vintage Anonymous days when the, one of those videos would come out and you were just like, oh, that person is fucked forever. And what I loved about Anonymous at this time is not once did it happen. And I was like, oh, they don't deserve that. Right. Every person it happened to, it was like, yeah, fuck them. And this guy included when it happened to Hunter Moore. I don't think it landed on my radar because I didn't know shit about Hunter Moore at the time. But if I did, I would have been all for it. It seems like exactly what he deserved. Well, they were very active at this time. It was hard to keep up with all the people that they were taking down, all the systems that they were taking down, because this was in the heat of like WikiLeaks, all that. So it's probably smaller potatoes for them. Yeah. And, you know, they, they have some demands and he does not capitulate to those demands. And by all accounts, they fucking ruin his life. It's like they obviously take the website down. They do all that. Or they the the second website never actually happens but to hear james mcgibney tell it they like drain his bank accounts they have him declared dead in california they get his passport canceled and james is like this is all highly illegal like i don't like i don't support that part of it but i totally support what they did you totally suppose what they do like how do you do that and like he makes a good point this is the same group that took down fucking PayPal when they stopped letting WikiLeaks process transactions. So they have some abilities and they unleash those abilities on Hunter Moore. And it, I think if the prison sentence didn't do it, this probably would have put him under for good. How long was he sentenced to prison? 30 months, 30 months. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So two and a half years, there is a point where they went back to Kira and she was like, Oh yeah, I got a call from his mom, you know, saying that he was in prison and his mom was crying. And it again, makes you wonder how much did his parents know about his activity? 
And then you see his mom being a real person and devastated, just like so many other people's, you know, parents or family or friends or them themselves were, you know, like the teacher who's, uh, you know, pictures got put on the Internet. And that was when Charlotte was crying over where she was like, yeah, this this teacher, you know, her pictures got put up. And then the principal came in and fired her and she didn't know why. When she discovered why, she said, I don't have money to pay for a lawyer or anything else. But the devastation in her voice like was making Charlotte cry when she told the story, yeah. you know, and then to hear I really uh, I know it probably wouldn't have made a difference. But to interview, you know, the parents is like, how much did you know? And by the way, like. Were there ever any signs that, you know, yeah. he was a juvenile terrorist? You know, was he ever an asshole? Was he, you know, why is he this way? You don't think that they're necessarily like they don't get a chance to grieve because their son gets hurt. But it's like, do you realize the impact that your son had on other people? So many other people's lives like your son having the same thing happen to him for 30 months is such a small, you know, payback. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, that would have been interesting to hear mm -hmm. from them. You don't really hear, aside from the girlfriend, you don't really hear from anyone who was super close to him. Mm -hmm. No, no, like childhood friends or anything like that. No schoolmates from Wikipedia. I did read that he got kicked out of um, this Christian school that he went to like when he was a kid. Mm. So he was a troublemaker, you know. Yeah. You don't just wake up one day and be a troublemaker. That's like built. Yeah. I, I wonder it happens every time though. Like if they interviewed the mom, you know, she was just going to be like, well, Hunter had a girlfriend who was very mean to him when he was in grade school. Do you think that's how Hunter Moore's mom sounds? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Deep South. Deep South. Uh, the, the Moore family. Yeah. I think yes. they're from Louisiana, if I'm not mistaken. Mistaken. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that was Hunter Moore's mom. It's also what his dad sounds like. <laughs> Very weird. So, yeah, the documentary, you know, it kind of ends with Hunter Moore getting wrecked by Anonymous and then going to prison. And, you know, it does all the usual documentary stuff and kind of we hear from all of the victims again at the end. It's a good documentary. Mm-hmm. I think it, uh, it was really well done. I think it needed to be multiple episodes, which is rare for documentaries these days. I think three was perfect. I'm so Agreed. tired of these like six plus episode documentary. I'm over it at this yes. point. Just give me the, the meat and potatoes. Do you realize when you drink and watch them the first time, like I often do, and then you have to watch six plus episodes again. Mm -hmm. sober. <laughs> That's so much work for the average alcoholic. You know what I mean? It's a whole lot of effort, a whole lot of effort. Uh, so yeah, I think, do we have any final thoughts on Hunter Moore and the most hated man on the internet? I mean, there's, there's more stuff in the documentary, but it's all like we have, we have told the story. Can I read the letter? I have it right here. Yes. Oh, of course. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. April 19th, 2012 from Hunter Moore. It's been a little over a year from the first post on is anyone up? And it's crazy to think that the few posts I did with my friends to get back at a few girls that broke our hearts would turn into what it did. I started this site with zero dollars. I had negative 120 in my bank account and had to ask my mom for her credit card to pay for the nine dollar server bill. Boo hoo. 
Running this site has been an uphill battle, to say the least, from the server company's bills to the lawyers taking people's money, promising they could get your images down to Facebook, PayPal, Live Nation, a day to remember, and the countless others who tried to shut me down, beat me up, or the girl who stabbed me, and yet we are still here. The fuck, stab? The site was started for the scene, and I tried to keep it that way as long as I could by supporting bands and giving them reasonable prices on ad space. The bills were getting too insane, and I had to turn to the porn game for extra money, but it's too shady, and in my opinion, it ruined the site. That and my appearance on Anderson Cooper didn't help. The site was a blessing for me and still is, but I'm burned out, and I honestly can't take another underage kid getting submitted and having to go through the process of reporting it and dealing with all the legal drama of that situation. To everyone who got a tattoo, bought a shirt, wrote on your body, self-submitted or came to a party, I truly thank you for the support. Without your support, the site would not have been what it was. To all the girls who submitted those band guys and to all who submitted the groupies, you made the internet fun again. We got hashtag NBHNC, which we didn't mention this, but that was like their hashtag. It was uh, no butthole, no care. Yeah. Watch the documentary. (laughs) 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 This is where butthole girl was born. Anyway. We got hashtag N, uh, sorry, NBHNC trending on Twitter, bands to make music videos about us, and a lifetime ban from me on Facebook. Since we launched IsAnyoneUp.com a year ago, we received over 500 million page views. Girls got naked of all sizes at an IAU parties. We did it from Canada to Vegas. You made it possible for me to have the best life and made me realize what people will do for a few extra friend requests and follows on Twitter. I'll miss a lot of things, but mostly the community. I never got to take in everything while it was happening. But it was going so fast, even though there was drama and lots of tears and pissed off parents. I feel blessed and thankful for all of you who came here to support me. I become friends with the founder of Bullyville, Cupidville, Cheaterville and Carmaville. And he helped me realize that my talents in the programming and social networking world could be channeled in a positive way. And we spoke about ways to move on, which is ultimately what I've decided to do. I might do some writing on Bullyville.com to help people who have been bullied. I've been on both sides of the fence. I'm putting this message up on Bullyville.com to stand up for underage bullying. I think it's important that everyone realizes the damage that online bullying can cause. I would love to write everything here, but I can't. I'll miss you all. But once you're on page two, nobody cares anymore. Also, I have a new project at www.wepartyforacause.net. This will be all about me organizing parties that benefit different charities. These will become part of the largest and craziest parties you will ever see with a percentage of earnings going to a range of causes. And then he signs off. Why couldn't he have just done that? Because <laughs> he's a narcissist sociopath. Right. Like, what the fuck, dude? You're, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to party for a good cause for the rest of my life. I feel like people might have accepted that. Just fucking do it. But nope. But how much craziness happens at parties? You know what I mean? Like, is it really for a a good cause, first of all? But it does start off where he's kind of like, you know, woe is me. You're right. Very narcissistic. And then essentially just kind of goes. I mean, it is very much a victim impact statement, but about himself. But then he (laughs) also says thank you to those who bought my merchandise. But I am now going to be supporting and writing on and about and for anti-bullying platforms it makes no sense like what you were doing before is bullying and you sold merchandise off of it (laughs) Mm -hmm. i don't know does not use the word sorry once in this letter i did a command f did not come up yeah that's fucked up but yeah not surprising either they show a a dm between him and james mcgibney where james says he's going to put the letter on the front page of bullyville and hunter moore just writes back whatever (laughs) Mm mm-hmm Do you think he wrote the letter? I don't know. I mean, 
part of it. I'm Probably sure James it, yeah. like edited it for him to be like, no, do this. No, do this differently. No, do this differently. Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder if this guy, like, what's this guy doing for money now? I wonder. Always. He's just hanging out with Tucker Max. I think. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking beer in hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, I think that's, I think that's our episode, right? I think we yeah. did it. This was, we did it. This was fun. It was a fun, it was a fun recording. The documentary is not that fun, but it is good. And I think people should watch it. But you also applaud Charlotte Laws. And again, it's something mm-hmm. where she got involved to help her daughter right away. Um, that was so then, cool. Right. Yeah. But then she advocated for so many other people where her daughter, do- even her daughter, who was a victim, and then her husband were like, well, our problem's fixed. But she was like, no, I've already started reaching out to other people. Like, we're going to keep going. And if so-and-so doesn't listen, I'm going to the FBI. I'm going. And that was awesome. But also, please uh, read her book. Yeah. Oh, she's a <laughs> book. How to get into parties. Yeah. How to get into parties. Oh. Right? She wrote a book like 20 or 30 years ago. I'll read the shit out of that. I will totally read that. Yeah. <laughs> There was a person who took a stance who didn't have to take a stance. And especially when, you know, the one girl who was going to kill herself, she felt, I mean, that was her lifeline. You know, somebody gave her shit. Yeah. They didn't have to. Right. So, yeah, just watch it. Just watch it. Everyone, everyone's watching it right now. Why do you want to, why don't, don't you want to do what everyone's doing? All the cool people? (laughs) Always. The three of us watched it. So how bad can it be? It's got to be pretty good if we like it. We're all awesome. Uh, so I, I don't know what the next episode is going to be about, but, uh, do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Is it like super obvious that I'm using an under the desk elliptical right now? I thought you were just like, not to brag, brag, but just, just kind of hitting the cardio while we're finishing out this episode. (laughs) I could see him moving. I just thought he had like ADHD and I like maybe just never noticed. (laughs) Step counter not updating though. Ugh. Bummer. <laughs> Bummer. And do they count? Yeah. So am I even moving my legs right now? <laughs> I would argue I am not. Um, I don't have anything to plug either. Well, wait, no, I'm doing a live podcast in New York City, August 28th, 4 p.m. at Caveat NYC. Come out to that. Me, Alex Schmidt, Sliceberg Slim, comedian Khalees Hawkins. We're going to be spewing some unpopular opinions. It's going to be good times. Fun. Uh, but uh, tickets for that, unpops.co slash NYC. Uh, Cindy, what do you got to plug? You can follow me at Cindy Aravina Jr. on all platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Find me there. Um, I also host a monthly show in L.A. called Kitty Pool. We are at the Clubhouse now every fourth Friday of the month at 730. No more late show, baby. Come on, see us at 730. It's so much fun. Carrie, um, you guys can follow me at uh, Butthole Girl Twenty Two on Instagram <laughs> or Butthole Girl Seven Twenty Two on Twitter. I do actually want to plug that if you buy one of these under the desk ellipticals and just move your right <laughs> arm a little bit while you're wearing a smartwatch, they do actually register as steps. So I'm I'm fucking maxing it out right now. Talk about multitasking. <laughs> Holy shit. I can just see you moving all around. It's the most active I've seen you. I don't want to say years, but at least tonight. It's the most active I've seen me in years. Yeah. All right. We should probably get out of here. Cindy, say goodbye. Goodbye. Carrie, say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>